At some time in our life, all of us have said, I wish it could have been better. Perhaps you've said that recently over something in your life or your family. I wish it could have been better. Are you saying that of your marriage? You, you're at a moment where the marriage feels dull. It's not exciting. Perhaps there's conflict in the marriage. You say, I just wish it could, have be, wish it could be better. Someone says that marriage goes from engagement ring to wedding ring to suffering. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> true for you or not. I, I'll leave that to you. The divorcee, perhaps you're saying, I wish it could have been better. Never imagined going from I do to someone saying I quit. And you're saying I, I wish it could be better. During this season, no doubt all of us at some time had said that. Oh, I, I wish things in America could be better. I wish things in our country could be better. Perhaps you're at a moment of of profound dissatisfaction. You really can't put your finger on it, but you know deep inside life is not what it could or should be. Speaking metaphorically, is, has your rosebush never bloomed? Has your promise never come true? Has, has your best ambition never been realized? I just wish it could be better. We all have had the phrase said to somebody or somebody has said to us, well, that's just wishful thinking. Did you ever tell somebody a dream, an ambition, a goal? Did you have somebody say, that's just, that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, you're at the wishing well. That's, that's just, it's all right to wish, but, you know, wishes don't come true. It was Sigmund Freud who coined the phrase, the concept, he called wish fulfillment. Wish fulfillment. In other words, that the dreams, the wishes of the heart to fulfill that, that everyone needs a wish, a hope, a dream, a promise, an ambition to come true. Well, the atheists have co-opted what Sigmund Freud said, and now the phrase wish fulfillment is how the atheists categorize Christianity. They say, the atheists do, that we are engaged in wish fulfillment, that life is disappointing and life is not what it could be, and we go through problems and suffering and trials and disappointment, that Christian and Christianity is wish fulfillment. We basically have invented, invented, much like the fairy tale, invented a story that just soothes our pain. It's not true. They atheists say it's not a reality. God is not there. The Bible is not true. But that we have invented these stories and we have invented this faith and it just soothes the pain for the moment. In other words, Jesus is just an anesthetic. I would like to suggest that Jesus is not just an anesthetic, and the Bible is not wish fulfillment. The Bible is, reveals to us the source of our pain, the source of our brokenness, which is sin. And the Bible offers us a solution to this. 
It's not just glorified painkiller to just deal with the with the problems and the vicissitudes of life, the Bible, Jesus is here to change and transform our life. The Bible isn't a fairy tale like some sci-fi movie. When I use the words marvel and dream works of the Bible, I'm not speaking of a studio. I'm speaking of the supernatural work of God and God's ability to step in human experience, and God is able to change lives. For you see, Jesus is the center of gravity. The Bible is not a fairy tale. The Bible is a supernatural book anointed of the Holy Spirit, giving us a record while we're in this sinful environment. God says he has a solution, and life can be better if you know the real Jesus. With that in mind, I invite you to go with me to the Gospel of Mark chapter 2. We're going to read several verses here. It's about Jesus healing a paralyzed man, somebody that is paralyzed. They don't have the ability to move. They, they lack feeling. They lack sensation. They, they, they don't have normal function in feelings and mobility in life. And I wonder if that is not descriptive, metaphorically, of some of us. Have you lost your feeling? Do you feel stuck? Do you feel paralyzed in some area intellectually or emotionally? I want to suggest to us the miracle of Jesus healing this man speaks to us today. Now I'm going to read verse 1 through 5 to give us kind of the account then I'm going to skip down to verse 11 and 12. I'll, I'll skip over some of the verses, not because they're insignificant, but rather for the sake of time, let me get to the gist of this account. Verse number 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. I like that. They, had, they heard a rumor that Jesus was there. I believe some of us are here today because we just had a rumor God might help us. Some of us are here today because we just, we heard a rumor. We, we sensed there was just a belief down deep inside that Jesus might be able to help me. Verse 2. And I want you to notice in verse 2 and 3 and following the mention of the word no and not. That'll be significant. They gathered in such large number that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Go down to verse 11. Right before I read verse 11, let me just say, Jesus tells the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. And like one of those infomercials you watch on television, that they're trying to sell you a 
a cleaning product or a home improvement product, and they give you the price. It's, it's $12.99. But they always say, but wait, but wait. We're going to double the offer right now. But wait. After, after verse number five, after verse number five, you could say, but wait. Jesus says, you're forgiven. But wait, it gets better. Verse 11, so Jesus, he said to the man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. He got up and took his mat and walked in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Wow. It began by saying, I wish it could be better. The account ends by it's never been better. Isn't that great? It begins by saying, I wish things could be better. I, 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 I've got problems. Life isn't working out. Life has dealt me a bad hand. And the story ends here by saying, it can't get any better than this. And I wonder if God doesn't want to do that for somebody today. You came. You're saying online. You're saying, I wish it could be better. And at the end of this teaching, we're going to have a prayer moment. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to call you to a moment where God will do something in our hearts and you will say, it's never been better than this. And with that, I'd like to suggest there are three words. And we live in these three words. Sometimes we toggle between them weekly, maybe even in the course of a month. And the course of a day, perhaps, at, at times. But we're going to live in these three words. But there's one word that God has for us. There's one word that God wants to activate in our life today. The first word I'm going to share with you, and it speaks of a zone in which we live in, spiritually, emotionally, and even mentally. It's the word can't. Can't. And some of us are in a can't moment. The Bible says, here of the paralyzed man, he, he couldn't get to Jesus. Why? He was paralyzed. He had, he had obvious restrictions. The, the four men carried him, but they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd. You know, in every one of our lives, there is a can't. There is something telling you it won't work. When somebody offers you a suggestion, an alternative, you share with a coworker, a family member, somebody in your life group, what about this and this and this? And they'll say, try it. And you say, I just can't. I can't afford it. I don't have time. I can't do that. I, I, I don't have the energy. I, I can't get up to that. We always have a can't moment in life. It's easy to get caught in the can't of life. Oh, I, I can't make a difference. I can't change their mind. I can't be that kind of a spouse. I can't be that kind of a coworker. I can't start my own business. I can't get out of debt. I can't. I can't. It's easy to get caught in that. I've discovered that watching C-N-N -N 
will lead to C-A-N-T. C-N-N will always take you to C-A-N-T. I mean, they come on and they say this, good morning. And for the next hour, they don't tell me any good things happening in the morning. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Good evening. What's good about the evening? And then they tell me, COVID is this, and the economy is that, and the, the, this party can't get this voted in, and they can't fix the debt on this, and if they get the stimulus in, it will do this for the country, but we're going to have so much debt that we're going to all be bankrupt. But if they don't vote it in, and by the way, there is this going on, and there is this part of the justice system that's not working, and there's this part of the country people are upset, and they're on this side and that side. I listened to it for an hour, and after listening to CNN, I'm saying C-A-N-T. It just seems like it takes you into a negative point in life because of the not. I've discovered the not will rob your ought. Stay with me. Oh, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not able. <laughs> I'm not fulfilled. I'm not able to change his mind. I'm not able to help her. I, I'm not able to relate to my stepson. I'm not, I'm not. And when you have enough knots, you don't step forward with the ought. I ought to try harder. I ought to listen better. I ought to make an application and get a new job. I ought. When you have enough knots, you shut down in your oughts. And some of us down deep inside, there's something we ought to be doing, but the, the knots have shut us down. We, we're living in the can't zone of life. And I've discovered if you live in can't long enough, can't becomes won't. You know what I'm talking about? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Then somebody will show you how you can't. Well, I won't do that. You've lived in the can'ts so long. Denise made a request of me the other day. She said, I want you to hang this. Oh, babe, I can't do that. She said, you can, you just won't. She talked to the pastor that way. She talked to me. She, 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 she took me to task. Y yes, you can. You just, you just won't. Oh, oh, I can't. I, I, you, you, say that to, you say that to me. We all can get caught in a can't, and our can'ts become won'ts. Don't live in the can't. Another word. Not only can't, there's another word I want to give us. Can. Can. The Bible says in Mark 2, verse 3, that the, the paralyzed man, he couldn't, he couldn't get to Jesus by himself. So four men say, we can carry you. He couldn't do it, but four men, four nameless heroes said, we can carry you. In every one of our can'ts, there is a can. When you're thinking you can't, you need somebody in your life to tell you you can. Four men said, you can do this. We're going to help you do this. 
farm man. Uh, he, he had his own life group, his own men's group. And the men's group said, you can do this. Everyone needs a can man in their life. Yes. When you say you can't, I can't get it, I can't make the call, I can't apply, I can't pass the course, I, I can't find a better job, I can't get out of debt, you need somebody to tell you you can. Yes, you can do that. There's a can do in your can't. I pray that you can jettison the can't and you can begin to operate in the can. Anytime God gives you a can, you can do it. And you say, God, I can't. That's called doubt. Doubt. And God is speaking to some of us. And God is reminding you. God is inspiring you. God is telling you. God is, is prompting you on something you can do. And you're having a discussion with God. God, I can't. I'm not gifted enough. God, I can't do that. That's, that's out of my comfort zone. But God has a can for you. There's a third word. And this is the word that is for every one of us. Whether you're in a can or a can't moment, whether you're in the can't zone or the can zone, the thing about can is can is awareness. Can is you've shut down. Oh, I can't do that. But we get to the can, then your awareness, your, your, your willingness is there. But you can be in a can moment and never achieve, never have an action step. That's why you need the third word. It's the third word that's going to pro propel you forward. It's the third word that's going to change the trajectory of your life. It's the third word that's going to help you break the habit. And it's the word must. Must. The Bible says here, the four men, they can carry the, the paralyzed man to Jesus. But the Bible says that when they got there, the crowd was so full they couldn't even... They couldn't even say, they couldn't even holler out to Jesus. Jesus, see us over here. The crowd was so thick. No social distancing at this moment, okay? They're, they're crowded in, and they're sharing each other's germs at this moment, okay? How easy it is to give up. Some of us have. Well, I thought I could. I thought, I told God I can do it. But you know, God didn't make the way. The, it, it, it just didn't happen. The Red Sea didn't part. God didn't miraculously, miraculously make it happen. So I, I guess it, God doesn't want me to do it. So we give up and we acquiesce to the moment because we missed our must. The four men, they carry the lame man. And they say, we're, we're here, we could bring him, but we can't get him to Jesus unless we dig a hole. Jesus is in the house, we can't get through the front door, then we must crawl on top and dig through the roof 
and lower him down. You know, in every one of our lives, there's a must. God is saying, there's something that you must do. We can stay in the can zone and say, God, I'm waiting for you. God, make it easy. Make it convenient. God, just work it all out without our effort. And God's saying, you have to come to the, to the must moment. I can get the vaccine. I, I, I can finish the degree. I can forgive. I can get out of debt. I can try again. We have to move to the must moment. I must do this. I'll take an action. If I've got to cut up credit cards, if I've got to apply to another university, if I've got to adjust my schedule, if I've got to pray longer, if I've got to make the call time and time again, if I've got to drive 50 miles to talk to them, I must do that. There is a must in your life that you have to pursue. A must. You see, God's best, God's best for you is on the other side of the must. He's prompting you. What is the must? I must do this. I must take this step. I, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to find an open door. What's your must? God's best is on the other side of it. And they brought the man to Jesus. I think it's interesting. Hmm. Have you ever noticed even unbelievers, people that don't believe Jesus and don't follow Jesus and don't serve Jesus, that experience, that cathartic moment, that catalytic moment in their life, do you know what they call it? They refer to it as a come-to-Jesus moment. Hmm. They had, in Scripture, this paralyzed man had a come-to-Jesus moment. And here's what Jesus did in verse number 5. It says, Jesus looked at the paralyzed man and said, Your sins are forgiven. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've read this account. I don't believe that's why the paralyzed man wanted to go to Jesus. I don't think he sought forgiveness. I think he was seeking healing. I think he, he communicated, get me to Jesus because I've never walked. I've never climbed a tree. I've never ridden a horse. I've never played a game with neighbors. I, I've never been able to father children. I've never walked down the garden and picked up vegetables. I, I've never built anything. I, 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 I've never been able to be a provider. I've always been a taker in life because I couldn't do for myself. Somebody's always had to carry me and cook my meals and bring it to me. I've never been one to be able to go to, to do for others, and I want to. I, I want to be healed. I, I don't have feeling. I feel numb, and I want to have feeling. I want to, I want to be restored. I think that's why he came to Jesus. I don't think he came to get forgiveness. But the Bible says that Jesus says to the man, your sins are forgiven. But then, (laughs) 
But wait. But wait. But wait. Verse number 10 and 11. Jesus is going to say to this man here, he said, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, take up your mat and walk. And the Bible says he got up and he walked and he was healed. You know, God has a bonus for you. Here it is. Here it is. We're asking God what we want, and God said, if you'll let me give you what you need, then I'll give you what you want. There it is. There it is. God, how come I haven't got the promotion? God, how come we haven't turned this around? God, how come we haven't got out of debt? God, how come this hasn't happened? How, how come I, I, I still carry the emotional scar? I, I want to I wanna find a partner in life. I want to be happy in a relationship. Let God give you what you need, and God will give you what you want. And God first met the need. The need was forgiveness. The want was healing. And there was only one thing that opened the door for him. He must, must get to Jesus. He must do something he's never done before. My wife, Denise, <coughs> I said, God, God has a bonus for you. Do, do what God is asking. Do the need. And God will give you what you want. My wife, she's she likes two-for-one specials. She does. She likes those two-for-one specials on everything. Yeah. Going out to a restaurant. Let's, let's go here. They have, they have two-for-one. Oh, babe, that means we both get one. No, I get two of them. I get two burgers. You can order your own. Two-for-one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here recently, she said, now, I just reminded you, Saturday, I'm going to be gone in the morning early. Really? Why? I'm going to bath and body. Well, babe, you can take a bath here. You don't have to go somewhere else. Take a bath. You can take, no, y'all, you don't understand. You don't understand bath and body. They have two for one for candles today. She just, she already, I'm going to stand in a line to get in the store and get my two-for-one candles. Then she'll tell me the line she stands in to pay for them. I tell you, want to do that for a candle? You want to do that for a Okay, it's more power to you. Sure enough, she comes in carrying her, her candles, two-for-one. She likes two-for-one. I'm telling you, God, God has a bonus for you. Two-for-one. Stay with me. Two-for-one. Mark chapter 2, verse 4, one man is healed. Two, four, one. Two, four, one. Mark 2, four men carry him, one man is healed. But it gets better than that. Two, four, one. The man not only is forgiven, he's healed. Two, four men carry him, and one man walks away healed. 
two, four, one. God has a bonus. And God is saying anyone that will come to him, he will not cast out. God has a bonus. God has a bonus. And this is not wish fulfillment. This is miracle and transformation that God makes available to you because he cares for you. This is what the real Jesus does. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I'm so honored to gather with these wonderful people, both online and here in the room. And I sense that many have been in a can't moment. Some are in a can moment, but there's never been an action. You're calling all of us to a must moment. There's something that we must do. We must break the routine. We must break the cycle. There's a must moment. And if we respond to you with devotion and commitment today, I'm encouraged that a man received what he needed, but he got what he wanted, and you'll do the same for your people today. Many of us bring our wants, our pressing need, our pain to the Lord. But there is another need, something that you see in our lives, something you have identified, and I invite us today to say, God, I receive and I, I will obey and I will commit to that, whether it's seeking forgiveness, whether it's committing oneself to get on a pathway of spiritual development, whether it's a couple getting into counseling. It's a family that they, they need to start budgeting better. They, they have made poor financial decisions and then they're blaming God for not providing. There's something they need to do. And if they'll do what you said they need to do, God, you'll honor them by giving them what they're wanting. And I pray that you will move us from I wish it could be better to it's never been better. And that only happens when the real Jesus becomes the center of our life. And we commit ourselves today to serve God wholeheartedly, to honor the Lord in all areas, to walk with God faithfully. I pray that. And I speak your blessing upon your people in the name of Jesus.